Welcome everyone to another episode of Rat Rewind. Uh, we are on episode 8 of Eminem's career. We are doing Revival today. I wanted to say Relapse, but it's not Relapse. Revival. Um, Thank God it ain't Relapse. <laughs> yeah. Now this album is not as bad as Relapse, in my opinion, but it's not... It is not that strong, in my opinion. I'm not gonna say bad. It's just not that strong. Um, what are you guys' uh, thoughts on the album? Uh, Good, well, yeah. I I listened to it twice on Friday. Uh, so just uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. We're recording this on Sunday. Uh, I listened to it How twice. Dare you. Yeah, <laughs> breaking the fourth wall over here. Kayfabe, man. Kayfabe. Uh, so I, I actually listened to it twice back to back on Friday and it was a lot better than I remembered. Like when it first came out, I listened to it and I was like, uh, okay, this is weird. It's very pop ish for Eminem. Uh, but I was like, okay, so he's just kind of capitalizing on what the, the big songs of recovery were. But then when I went back and listened to it on Friday, I I really enjoyed it. Like not not my favorite Eminem album by any means. Uh, but if you actually just sit and listen to what he's saying, like he's actually talking about stuff that matters to him. Uh, and it's in that aspect, it's really good. Yeah, two quick points for me. Uh, one, I would say because you know we always talk about the, you know the uh, the tripolar um, mindset that he has, where he can go from Slim Shady to Marshall Mathers to Eminem, and every song has a little bit of everything sprinkled in. I think honestly, this was the one album, and he's had other albums similar, but this is the one album where it was mostly Marshall. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah, I, and, I can and, see that. And second point is this album reminds me of a combination of two previous records. It reminds me of Relapse, in a sense. Um, not Relapse, I'm sorry. Here, am I, why the fuck I say Relapse? It reminds <laughs> me of Recovery, in a sense, um, because he was able to take you know different elements and bring real life stuff into it. But it also reminded me a little bit of the Eminem show when you brought in a little bit of the political stuff and a little bit of some real life, you know, current event stuff that's been that was going on at the time. Um, for me, me personally, like I got a ch- I got a chance to uh, listen to it uh, a couple of times, actually, um, not not to the degree that Chip got a chance to listen to it. Like I listened to half of it and then I listened to the other half of it. And then we had to be delayed this podcast this current episode for a couple of days so i had a chance to listen to it again in its entirety and i don't think it's a bad album it wouldn't be a top five album for me by eminem but i definitely think that it was better than i i thought that it was because at first i didn't vibe with it a lot but then going back and re-listening to it he had some good stuff on it he did have some strong stuff on it uh this also marks um the first time that Eminem has mostly pop features, there's one hip hop feature on the whole album. Uh, and that was uh, a gentleman by the name of pressure. He's an uh, American born 
Brooklyn, New York uh, hip hop artist, and he is featured on the song. Uh, what was it? Chloroseptic. Chloroseptic. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he had Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Alicia Keys was on there, Skylar Gray was on there, Pink was on there again. Um, uh, yeah. He... <laughs> ex Ambassadors. Yeah, Ex Ambassadors. Uh, yeah. Kilani. So. All right. Let's uh, jump into this real quick. Let me just try to get through this so revival it was released on december 15th 2017 um through aftermath shady records interscope like always um production for the album took uh place during 2016 and 2017 at uh, various recording studios in addition to eminem himself music production was handled by various recording producers including rick rubin which you can tell on some songs um frederick skylar gray alex Dukid, and executive producer dr dre so revival features guest appearance, like you guys said, from Beyonce, Fresher. Is it Fresher or Pressure? I think, I think it's, it's pronounced Fresher. It may be Fresher. Yeah, uh, because the PH is normally a F, F sound. sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ed Sheeran, Alicia Keys, X Ambassador, Skylar Gray, uh, Kalani, and Pink, like you guys said. So Eminem first revealed that he was working on the album following the release of Campaign Speech in October 2016. A year later, he performed a viral freestyle at the 2017 BET Hip Hop Wars, criticizing President Donald Trump, and that's when white conservatives lost their fucking mind. <laughs> you ain't uh, lying. <laughs> no, like, so this was even, dude. This wasn't. They didn't even. He didn't even get this much shit from when he dissed George Bush on the fucking Eminem show record. I know. It's like, it's like it was like a cult following was trying to kill somebody here exactly well well, i mean different time i mean i guess people back in 2000 2000 2004 was a little bit less in their feelings than they are in today's world to be honest with you yeah i mean you can't go against your dictator i guess um the album does have many lines uh, critiquing trump's presidential campaign in election um the album's lead single walk on water featuring beyonce was released november 10th 2017 um you guys want to just go ahead and go into that song yeah we can um we can since yeah. it is the since it is the first one on uh the album yeah uh, uh i mean so this song it actually details the struggle eminem endured during the later half of his career since his comeback in 09 um his critics kind of showed disinterested in his presence around this time uh, and Eminem actually addresses this criticism in a 2017 or December 2017 interview with Complex, where he states, and I quote, I don't know, that song was more about just self-doubt, insecurities, that kind of shit. I've never really seen myself as, um, how can I say, the way I've seen some fans act towards me. Even to this day, I've been in this game a long time and it's still weird to me because I just rap and I certainly haven't had a perfect career. I've put out some not so great albums and I realize that, end quote. Uh, Now, the phrase uh, walk on water is used to express a miraculous display of power as it originates from Matthew 14, 22 to 33, where it's told that Jesus literally walked on walked across water to get to a boat filled with his disciples ironically the phrase is used in this song to express the exact opposite uh 
Though a celebrity as big as Eminem seemingly walks on water, he admits throughout each verse that he isn't comparable to the godlike figure people think he is. Um, I mean, did you guys get that from this song? Oh, yeah. Uh, I did. Um, this song was a struggle for me to get to. Uh, I think the first time I tried to listen to it, I got like 40 seconds in. And okay. skipped it. Was it because um, of it, Beyonce or it was just way so it was just too pop. I was like, I can't I can't do this to start start it off. Like it was way too pop. If it and was he, so if it, so if the song was somewhere in the middle, you'd probably maybe give it a listen. I mean I, I went back and listened to it um yesterday since we did have time. I actually went through and listened to every single song on the album. Um I, the song is okay. I is on a scale of one to ten, it's probably a five for me. It's right in the middle. I'm not going to seek it out, and if it's playing, uh, I'll be okay. I'll just let it just play in the background. But it's not, not something I just vibe with off the rip. Right. <clears throat> I get it. I get it. Yeah. But you know, I mean, like in the first verse, he he literally starts off. He says, "Why are um, our expectations so high? Is it the bar I set? My arms I stretch." but I can't reach a far cry from it and it's in my grasp. But as soon as I grab squeeze, I lose my grip like the flying trapeze into the dark. I plummet. Now the sky is blackening. I know the marks high <clears throat> uh, butterflies rip apart my stomach, knowing that no matter what bars I come up with, you're going to rip or you're going to heart gripe. And that's a hard Viking to swallow. So I scrap these as, uh, as pressure increases like khakis, I feel the ice breaking because, and then it goes into the chorus where it says, uh, I walk on water, but I ain't no Jesus. Uh, it's the curse of the, it's the curse of the, I walk on water shit, but only when it freezes. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of those albums where it's like, it is more self-reflecting or one of the songs that it's more self-reflecting, you know, and even toward the end of the second verse where he goes, you know, and I try not to listen to nonsense, but if you bitches are trying to strip me of my confidence, mission accomplished, I'm not God sent Nas, Rakim, Pac, Big, James, Todd Smith, and I'm not, and I'm not Prince. And for those of you that don't know who James Todd Smith is, that's LL Cool J. There you go. Why why he felt the need to use that man's government name, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe he was trying no to idea. get it to rhyme. Maybe he was just trying to get it to scheme the way that he was getting it to scheme. I don't know. Well, um, I, I can get it. Like the way that he blends words like confidence accomplished in Smith, like Todd Smith would the way he flows those kind of rhyme. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird that he did that, but I, I, I was like, oh, it's a good, that's a good little setup. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, anything else but, you guys want to say about the song or? Well, the outro of it was like, cause you, it says, cause I'm, cause I'm just a man, but as long as I got a mic, I'm godlike. So me and you are not alike, bitch. I wrote Stan. Yeah, I guess you just do had to throw that in there at the last minute, I guess. But the, but the post-chorus is like, when Beyonce's singing, because I'm only human just like you, I've made 
I've been making mistakes. Oh, if you only knew, I don't think you should believe in me the way that you do because I'm terrified to let you down. If I walked on, if I walked on water, I would drown. So, yeah, I mean, this is a, a very, uh, self-reflective introspective song. Uh, but now the next song is not, um, the next song believe, um, I like the way that the first song and second song kind of flow straight into each other. Uh, but you know, the track marks Eminem's first take on a modern trap beat. Uh, his flows slower and more unhurried than on previous tracks and features since his last album, which is notable as it corresponds to a passage, a passage on walk on water where he says, um, in the speedum verse uh what was that line because he he actually mentions big sean it was in the uh second verse i believe um i think you're right let's see uh yeah he's like uh so this is in walk on water he said but i'm doing my best to not ruin your expectations and meet him but first the speedum verse now big sean He's going too fast. Is he going to shout or curse out his mom? There was a time I had the world by the balls eaten out of my palm. Every album song I was spazzing the fuck out on them. And now I'm just getting clowned and frowned on. Uh, so, you know, he, he mentions, you know, how people are saying that he was rapping too fast. Uh, and we'll talk about that in later albums, uh, of course. Uh, but um <clears throat> the slower tempo also imitates the style of contemporary trap music yet Eminem seems to denounce this style with his lyricism making use of his trademark wordplay and imagery no matter how corny it might come across uh content wise the song is somewhat a complete u-turn from the previous song on walk on water eminem was actually questioning himself and his ability to create new music that would appeal to his fans while i believe he shows more confidence and makes clear that he has faith in himself yet throughout the song one question stands above all and eminem is posing it directly to his fans do you still believe in him uh so what, what do you guys think of did you guys think of this song um, it was, I liked it more than believe, I mean, didn't walk on water. That's for sure. Um, I don't know. It's still a little pop for me, but it's getting closer to not being full pop. Um, right. I, I did like it. He does have some good, um, schemes here and there. Uh, just throughout. It's still a little goofy though. I think. Uh, yeah. I think he, he keeps, even to this day he keeps trying to as much as he's evolved over the course of his albums he keeps trying to throw just a, a little twinge oh excuse me a little twinge of that old slim shady in there just to so people are like okay that's you know he's he's still doing that yeah kind of thing so what about you Talon? would you think of this track 
pause. All right. <laughs> like, I like the beat to the song, but, like, the way he started the song was kind of... I don't know if he did it ironically or intentionally, because it was like, and I started from the bottom, like a snowman, ground up, like ground chuck, still putting hands on it. Shut up. How <laughs> uh, <laughs> a poet didn't know it. I don't know. It, for, it, we, it was weird for him to start it like that. And I don't know if he was doing it intentionally to like make fun of like the the rappers who have that cadence and stuff. And yeah, he that, was he was definitely making fun of trap beats. Yeah, it, it just it, it took me back a little bit. I was like, wait, what the fuck is he doing? You know. Um, overall, though, I mean, I thought that it was an I thought it was a, an okay song. Um, let's see. Um, get to the court. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna see uh, see if you had anything else to say about it. Oh no, go ahead. No, I like. I was going to see if you had anything else to say about it. That's why I was going to ask if you guys have anything more about it. I don't. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, there wasn't any really lyrics that stood out other than uh, in the second verse uh, near the near the end of that verse. Uh, he says, uh, "With that tunnel vision is when that tunnel vision is unclear, shit becomes too much to bear." Since cleaning out my closet when I was having trouble with the snare, I'm yeah. that unrealistic prayer unanswered, and I'm gonna get, <clears throat> I'm gonna get up jacked up like you're trying to fix a flat. Uh, when you struggle with despair, that double fist bare knuckles coupled with this pair of nuts I'm cupping, <laughs> I am your fuck it switch. Nothing can compare. Uh, right, which. To me, like that that very last where he says, I am your fuck it switch, nothing else can compare. Um for me, like that's kind of apropos because when I'm in that just fuck it mood, I usually put on Eminem, just like some older Eminem, because it it really is that, like, he don't give a fuck. Right. So, uh, but uh, we can move on to uh, the next song if you want. Uh, yeah, uh, Chloroseptic. Um, wait, so was there a deluxe edition of this? Or there no? was, was not. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if I actually listened to all of it or if there a deluxe and I didn't catch it. Right. Um, but no. Uh, okay, my computer's being dumb again. So, chloroseptic uh, is the one with fresh. I, I need to look and mm-hmm. see how he spells. Yeah, fresher. Yeah. Yeah, so fresher. All right. Um, so, what did you guys think about this song to begin with? Um, it, like you say, it was like the only hip hop feature on the album. Yeah. Um, um. I thought it was really good. Uh, I mean, it's kind of Eminem's view of modern rap where he's calling out mumble rappers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in an interview with Broken Record, Rip, Rick Rubin, a frequent Eminem collaborator and executive producer on this album, spoke about M's frustration with the game. And he says, and I quote, I could see Eminem was frustrated by it, end quote. Uh, but the title refers to chlor- chloroseptic throat spray, 
uh, Fresher and Eminem show their aggression at other rappers whilst digging, taking a dig at the newer generation. As they mumble whilst rapping, their throat gets tired and they need throat medicine. Uh, it is also worth mentioning that upon hearing the poor critical reception of Revival, M dropped the remix version of this track, which I haven't seen or I haven't heard. I need to look that up. Uh, in which he lashed out at critics. And the remix features uh, the highly anticipated verse from Two Chains and a new verse from Fresher. Uh, which is somewhat ironic considering Fresher's verse is pretty tough to understand. Uh, perhaps he needed some chloroseptic. <laughs> but this one I was I was on also. God, obviously, they were doing mumble rap. I, and I know it was an ironic diss towards mumble rap, but I was like, you guys are still mumbling. Like, they were doing something with it. I was like, ah, ah, no, don't do that. <laughs> Although, I will say this, that beat was fire, though. You know, it had that low bass, and then it had that ding, 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 like that. that, The trap beat? (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. Like, here's the thing. I love the beats. I hate the lyricism and the the way they enunciate their words and the way that they, you know, flow with spit. Like, to me, like, if you took, like, you could take, like, some fire MCs, some true lyricists, and put them on them beats... You know, I mean, it would be great, but instead you got the <laughs> like, no, like I don't understand it. I don't understand that. I mean, that's the only way trap rappers or mumble rappers get over the SoundCloud era. The SoundCloud era has been over for a while. Yeah, this but is post SoundCloud it, era. Yeah. SoundCloud, yeah, but I mean, but then I mean, the SoundCloud thing kind of started the whole mumble rap. Uh, not really. So, I mean, mumble rap was around right before, especially before the Three Kings came onto the scene, and after those three died, they, I mean, Little Uzi Vert still making music and shit like that. See, I don't fuck with Vert though. I don't either, but I know he's a mumble rapper. <laughs> and then Twenty One Savage, people fucking boast him all day. Was like, how do you even understand him? Yeah. I'm like, I guess those are words. I thought Future and Amigos was like, but damn, this dude. Uh, I don't know. Amigos is still probably the worst one. (laughs) Nah, nah, designer. But he doesn't make music, though. He used to, and when he he did it. (laughs) Timmy, Timmy. (laughs) That song is a banger. (laughs) No, it's not. It's a banger. No, it's not. Straight banger. You you're delusional. Let's go. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, Titter, Timmy. <laughs> Say goodbye. Say goodbye to Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> All right. So, do you guys have anything else about? Uh, is there anything particular that stuck out to you guys, or? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, in the the first verse, Eminem's verse. Uh, you know, he says, instinctive nature to bring the anguish to the English language. With this ink, you haters get rode on like a piece of paper. This rap shit got me traveling place to place. You barely leave your house because you're always stuck at your pad. It's stationary. Like, when you you read the lyrics, like, you get what he's saying. But... It, it word was... Wordplay. Word play. Yeah, the, the wordplay was great. Uh, 
but it was just getting like i don't know it because they were trying to do they were making fun of mumble rappers it was like it's not terrible but it's a little hard to to understand what they're saying at some points yeah i mean and then then the third verse m's like you're a has-been that has been the case since back when you last went and threw your hat in a race you've been trash bitch stick your raps in the trash bin or end up in my next rhyme you're a fuck boy so next time it's gonna be heads flying like des bryant with a tech nine against rex ryan like okay so you rhymed being so you rhymed rhyme time bryant and ryan together now watch me set it like correct time all you get is sloppy seconds like a timex i clock rejects into the next life talking reckless but it's just my strongest suit but you can get the you can get my Colombian necktie. Oh, okay. Strongest suit yeah. you get the Colombian necktie. You know, uh, and those for those who don't know what a Colombian yeah, I was fixing to say. <laughs> yeah, go it's, ahead. It's a brutal method of murder. No, it ain't brutal. It's yeah, just a, it's just a slight, <laughs> just a slight signal to not fuck around. All right, it's just a message. Bro, it's a, a brutal sli- method. Slight <laughs> signal. That's quite the description. Slight uh, signal. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, yo, you, you know, you fucked up with let your people know. Yeah. That's all it is. So, so. That's how the yeah. Joker got his scars, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, it was not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. That's the uh, Glasgow, that's the Glasgow yeah. smile, is what that was. That's the Glasgow kiss. Yeah. Um, but the Colombian necktie is a brutal method of murder where the victim's throat is slashed and their tongue is pulled out through the open wound. Uh, like I said, it's just a slight signal. You know what I'm saying? A slight Keep your mouth signal. shut. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. That's all it is. Like, ain't gotta be too deep about it. Ain't gotta be too, too deep. You pulling a motherfucker's tongue through his throat. I'm pretty sure that's pretty deep. Well, that's what happens when you talk to the ops, all right? Mind your neck. That's what we say. Mind your neck. Wood Tank said, right? Protect your neck. Right? First, <laughs> man, you fuck with the worst. Stop your sticky pants. All right, wait, sorry. We got to keep going. We're going to have uh, to review that one day. I'm going to get a clothes hanger and put that shit on the stove and just be like, oh. Let's move on. All right, so uh, from Chloroseptic, we go to one of, uh, probably one of the, the the most telling songs on this album uh it, it really touches on like, <coughs> racial injustice and everything that's that's going on uh well before that we do point, that yeah go ahead. i would say this was also the second um no it was what the third oh no it was a promotional single the week prior to the album release never mind i knew it was a single i just thought it was the second single but it wasn't yeah. Uh, um, so, untouchable details: the racial in, racial injustice in America from a white person's perspective on the two first two verses, and then on the third verse, uh, Eminem switches and uh, raps the views of a black person. Uh, the song was released the day after the former Carolina police officer officer Michael Slager was sentenced to 20 years in prison for the shooting death of Walter Scott in 2015 while he was fleeing from the scene in broad daylight and was completely unarmed uh so speaking to michael martin on npr's all things considered 
Eminem explained that the frequent stories of U.S. police brutality prompted him to want to address the subject in his music. Moreover, he hopes that both Untouchable and Joyner Lucas's I Am Not a Racist will inspire a broad audience to see a controversial issue in a new light, as well as continue this national conversation on racial inequality. He further states, and I quote, I'm not talking about all police are bad. I'm saying that this is the perspective from the racist white cop. This is what got me infuriated and two years ago got me flustered. I couldn't even write about it because my thoughts would get too scattered, end quote. Um, like, he does go hard on this song. <laughs> um, yeah, he does. Uh, is, I mean, not really much to say. I mean, you got to really listen to it. Um, can't really pick something out without pretty much doing the whole verse because it just is all a continuous, like, pretty much story. Yeah. Um, but no, you can definitely feel the change when you get to the the third verse um and the first two verses are really aggressive um yeah one thing i did not like that took me out of it a little bit was the chorus the uh and chong in it i mean it's a cheech and chong thing but i just thought it was like for how serious the song was meant to be the chorus was just like i said a little goofy again because it goes is is this white boy white boy you're a rock star my mom talking to me trying to tell me how to live white boy white boy in your cop car but don't listen to her because my head is like a sheave or or shiv white boy white boy you're untouchable the world's coming to an end i don't even care nobody can tell me shit because i'm a big rock star like I, just, I, I get what you're saying. It doesn't really uh, fit. And I guess it's because that's supposed to be the thoughts of the racist cop. Like, that's what he thinks he's a rock star or anything. But he could have done it differently than using that, I guess, that cadence and that sample. Right. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, I mean, the, the, the song overall, like I said, is good. Um, really tells a story um, from both perspectives. Uh, how do you guys feel about this song? Oh, I mean, it definitely, like, it does, in a sense, remind me of Joyner Lucas's I Am Not a Racist. Uh, Which that to, song hits on another level, too. Yeah, that's a whole nother level. That um, song's actually the reason I became a fan of Joyner Lucas. I think a lot of people did after that, because before that, he wasn't doing, I mean, he was doing his usual stuff, but not as big until he, uh, like he is now. Yeah, and right. I think that's the song. I mean, AD, ADHD is one of my, ADHD is one of my favorite records. Sorry, you didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're I fine. I didn't hear him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Talon, what do you think about the, I thought it was very appropriate for the time that we were living in. Uh, the time we're still, of, uh... we were living in bro. <laughs> like we still living in that time. Yeah. But what I mean is, is that at the time it was more people, I'd say it's, it's, I think more people are aware of it now than they were back then is what I meant. Like there mm. are people who are more aware of it and there's people who are trying to help with the cause and try to, you know, do what they can to try to make it more, you know, equal. 
Um, and then you got some people who, you know, are in denial that stuff like this even happens. And, you know, it happens, you know. And, yeah, we are still living through it. You're right. But back then, it was like, I'll put it to you this way. Had any other rapper other than Eminem speak on this subject, which they've spoken about it many, many times in the past. Had Eminem not spoke about this subject, would anybody give a shit? Uh, I think so, because, I mean, uh, rap, musicians, period, uh, but, but rappers especially have been talking about the racial injustice for years. I mean, Eminem, or not Eminem, uh, Tupac talked about it in the 90s. Before that, uh, I mean, NWA talked about it. NWA yeah. talked about it, yeah. Um, right. I mean, Nas you know, talked about it, you know, shit like that. Uh, it, it, what what I feel but you, like... You get what I'm saying, it, though. You get what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. I really think the BET cipher is what put Eminem in that big, like, center spotlight. And yes. people were trying to see what he was going to say. And the fact that he did it, like, a month or two... It was, like, two months before the album dropped. And then he had songs still... Um, talk about the, the racial injustice so it wasn't like he did the cypher just to get attention before the album release and right. the album wasn't going to be you know talk about it but he talks about it on the album thankfully so people were like not really more I mean people were brought to a, I guess a newer a newer perspective of people came in to see what was really going on what he was saying about it right. that maybe not have not going to say they're, they were just like rejecting it but maybe slightly ignorant to it and i say ignorant in the way like uh just didn't have the information not ignorant right. and stupid exactly and that was the point that i was trying to make I, maybe i yeah. enunciated or no no i knew what you were trying to say i knew exactly what you're trying to say i was trying to make it make sense for other people because i knew people wouldn't understand what you were trying to say because we know how you talk we know what you mean <laughs> so, yeah uh, open but, mouth, insert foot. I get it. <laughs> no, you you weren't wrong about it at all. Like you, you no, said it what you were all. saying, but I like I feel like oh like I know you were trying to say like you know Eminem brought focus to it for more people, and but I yeah. feel like somebody was gonna be listening to it, like oh Eminem was one that no like no nah, don't don't try to fight talent I'll fight somebody over you man yeah exactly <laughs> no, appreciate, you, brother. appreciate yeah. that uh but there there's uh, it's the second uh, the the last half of third verse. Like yeah, really, I was going to get to it. Go ahead. Really yeah. kicks in for me where he, he starts off and it goes, uh, and streets act as a narrator. Don't got to read comics or be that into characters just to see, uh, just to be black. You better be strapped with a derringer or be capped in America like Steve Rogers because no one oversees these cops and all we see is... All we see is them beat charges. We done seen them beat Rodney King unconscious and got off. So we don't need all these, all you crooked police officers, peace offerings. Just keep marching till we reach Congress. But they're saying, they're going to say you're trying to take an irrational stance if you try to slander the flag. But somebody has to be the sacrificial lamb. So they call it a Kaepernick tantrum if you don't stand for the national anthem. We raise it, you better praise it, or you'll be made to feel like a traitor. We'll treat you like Rodney Dangerfield. Home of the brave is still racistville. So this whole nation feels like a plantation field in a country that claims that its foundation was based on United States ideals that had its natives killed. 
got you singing this star spangled spiel to a piece of cloth that represents the land of the free that made people slaves to build yep like that shit right there is Eminem speaking 100, 100% truth 100% facts and I, I will fight anybody any day that says that's not right I mean like this whole verse in general because he talks about redlining mm-hmm. um, which people still believe don't exist today and it still exists today like motherfucker um, and then obviously the education system how black neighborhoods have lower education system they're policed heavier um, I mean just a lot in that alone and this is coming from a guy who did grow up in poverty and then see this shit because he grew up in an area around it so he does have a perspective obviously he doesn't have the full experience and he never admits to living that experience because he knows he's white right right. but he's also bringing forth the views from his black friends because people ain't listening Uh, I mean we fight back like he says earlier as Dallas overshadows the battle for uh, Black Lives Matter we fight back with the Violence Act but acts like that are black eyes on the movement which makes Black Lives Matter not matter but matter at cops and cops matter that's why it's a stalemate because I mean shit like this it, it, one person fucks it up for everybody in the movement like yep, that Black Lives Matter was a peaceful thing and then one person fucked it up and then everybody called them fucking Antifa and all this other shit saying that they were just a terrorist group too, blah, blah, blah. And it just took away from what the whole actual thing was. Yeah. And then that the cops were the innocent ones here. The one bar to me that kind of, it kind of tripped me for a second. Um, Cause it is kind of a serious, um, uh, it, it is right at the beginning where it says, seems like the average lifespan of a white man is more than twice than a black lifespan. I wonder sometimes if it was a price scanner. I feel like checking out on life can't escape the circumstance. I'd rather hear him say die inward than die antward. Ninja just it's better disguised banter. And it's weird because he said die inward than die antward. Um, and then it said ninja, which is a play on the fact that there's a there's a group a, a hip-hop group by the name of d antwood who are from south america and um it's referring to the uh, the video um fatty boom boom where yolani the uh is a, appears in blackface so mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, i'm not i'm not a f- fan of uh Diane Ward. I like one song by Diane Ward. What? I'm a rich bitch. No, not that one. Not that one. Not that one. I'm a rich bitch. Yeah. Rich bitch. Yeah. Rogers over here, like, what the fuck are they talking about? I mean, I don't like Diane Ward anyway, so. Oh, okay. I think you're freaky and I like you. All right. All right, let's move on then. Let's move on to the. uh, So, um,. Technically, uh, what I was saying earlier about Believe is that it was technically the second single. Yes. Because it, it, it came out the week before the album was released, but the commercial second single is the next song, which is River, which was released the day the album came out? No, a couple of days after the album came out. Right. No? 
No, the day the album came out, December 15th. Yeah, and uh, so we're talking about the song River, which features Ed Sheeran, and it details the struggle of a failing relationship that culminates in an abortion. The story initially depicts a man who has been cheating on his girlfriend. The girl finds out about his infidelity, and she seeks revenge by cheating on him with Eminem. M knows uh, he's getting used, yet he persists anyway in order to fill the romantic void in his heart. After the man finds out what his girlfriend has been doing, he ends up leaving her at the same time as Eminem has lost interest in her. M's struggles become or M's struggles come to fruition as soon as he realizes the woman is pregnant by him. His selfish actions cause the destruction of the girl's relationship and the abortion of an unborn child. Ed Sheeran, who collaborates with Eminem for the first time, uh, sings a powerful chorus of a remorseful man who wants to be washed away by or washed from his sins. Uh, the river most likely symbolizes the River Jordan, as John the Baptist used its waters to wash away people's sins, which can be found in Matthew 3, 1 through 12. Uh, and I quote, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judah and the whole region of the Jordan uh, confessing their sins they were baptized by him in the Jordan River uh, the river could also symbolize the Nile River as the, the pharaohs would order his people to keep one girl for every boy they threw in the river which can be found in Exodus 1 20-12 where it says uh, then pharaoh gave this order to all people every hebrew every hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the nile but let every girl live uh this could possibly signify eminem as the pharaoh as he wants to kill the unborn child but he's in denial the ties uh, the ties into this fact that he mentions swimming in that river to signify his repentance as he mentions on the song need me uh, where he says, I'm swimming in that Egyptian river because I'm in denial. Uh, now, on February 14th, 2018, Eminem released a cinematic music video for the song The River, which feature, it features interviews by Marshall, Suzanne, and her boyfriend Trevor. And M explains that this song was, I quote, something I needed to get off my chest, end quote. Uh, was he having an affair? <laughs> Well, that's it. Doesn't say any more about that, but uh, well, not him having an affair, but him being part of an affair, I guess, would be the right context, right? Yeah, I do find it, it interesting that this is the second song in rep in which he's referencing biblical allegories because he mentioned one in uh, Walk on Water, and he's mentioned he, it was you know, whether or not you, you want to go by the river Jordan, the John the Baptist route, or you want to go the Pharaoh route of one from Matthew one for the book of Exodus, you know, well, I mean, the album itself is a biblical reference with revival. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's him saying this is his overall revival, um, in a spiritual sense, maybe, um, he is a lot more political and more conscientious in this album. Right. Maybe it has something to do with it. I don't know. Um, but no, it, uh, he does have a lot of biblical thematics in these, uh, in this album. Right. And the song itself, I mean, 
like i mean i'm a fan of ed sheeran i think he's a good singer um you know which if you, if you listen to the song if you've never heard the song before and you actually listen to it it sounds like okay I, i'm not gonna lie when i first heard this song i thought here we go another song about kim <laughs> you know like that's you know I'm sorry but that's what I, that's what i thought when i first heard it um especially the, when i first you can hear the first chorus um and then you get into the 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 storytelling aspect of it and then it grips you and it hooks you and you think oh shit what's gonna happen next what's what's gonna happen in the second verse you know it's like each verse was was it was an act unto itself well yeah i mean uh, this album is it really uh shows not this song it uh just not just this song but the whole album it, it really uh, boasters Eminem's storytelling ability. Um, so, but yeah, you know, it's not really until the, the third verse that you you kind of understand that um, this song is about uh, having a, a baby aborted. You know, because the third verse, he says, always the bride's neighbor, never the bride. Hey, fuck can I say if life was a highway and deceit was an enclave, I'd be swerving in five lanes, speeds at a high rate, like I'm sliding on ice, maybe. That's why I may have came at you sideways. I can't keep my lies straight, but I made you terminate my baby. This love triangle left us in a rectangle. Uh not he doesn't say like rectangle like the shape but it's rectangled uh what else can i say it was fun for a while but i really would have loved your smile didn't really want to abort but fuck it what's one more lie to an to tell our unborn child yeah uh and then that goes straight into the chorus uh where you have um ed sheeran and eminem both singing the chorus this time where uh, he goes, uh, I've been a liar, been a thief, been a lover, been a cheat. All my sins need holy water. Feel it washing over me. Well, little one. And then you hear Eminem say, I'm sorry. Is that I don't want to admit to something. Then Eminem says, I fucked up. If all it's going to cause is pain, the truth in my lives now are falling like the rain. So let the river run. Yeah. Um, and, and he picked a very, he picked a subject that many many people deem very controversial um and and and, and, and it's i mean that's, that's the truth i mean it, it is a very controversial subject about abortion you know and it just depends on what side of the fence you're on and there's been heated debate there's been arguments and things of that nature um you know whether or not it's right whether or not it's you know is it murder is it not murder you know blah 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 um me personally, I don't personally agree with it, but if somebody wants to do it, I mean, that's, it's their life. If it's their decision, if that's what they want to do, you know, it's, that's, that, that's their conscience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I agree. Like where I stand is where I stand. Uh, but I do find it, the, the laws around it are kind of wishy-washy because if you're out driving and you cause a wreck that kills a pregnant woman, you are charged with double a vehicular homicide. Uh, 
But right. if a woman goes and has an abortion, that's not homicide. And I get it, you know, my body, my choice. I have 100% for my body, my choice. The The laws around it are just a little wishy-washy in my opinion. Right. Roger? Um, I don't like getting into the debate with people because nobody ever wants to understand where I'm coming from. So I just say, do what you got to do with your body. It's your choice. Like for me, like to me, the only, the only, and, and this is just me speaking for my, me, me personally. I think the only two like logical, legitimate reasons to have an abortion is if you, if, if you get raped and you get pregnant by your rapist or, uh, you know, incest like i think okay yeah i mean I, that i would understand that not saying that i agree with it but i understand it but if you're one of those you don't know, get out here and you know have sex with everybody that you see and then you wind up pregnant it's almost like okay i got pregnant but i don't want the uh the responsibility of it i'm just having fun i'm just gonna go get an abortion like okay your life your decision but it's also your conscience so that's what I'll that's what I'll say about that. Yeah. Uh, now I will say that the M's wordplay on this is top notch. Uh, in the uh, the first verse, there's a line where he goes, uh, "Knife in hand," says the relationship's hanging by a strand. So she's been on the web lately. Says maybe she'll be my Gwen Stacy to spite her man. The wordplay yep. would be to Spider Man. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there was the the bar later in the that third verse where he says this love triangle left us in a rectangled. Uh, I, I just the the wordplay in this song is really good, but yeah, it's a very touchy subject, and we're not going to talk about it here. So we're going to move on to the next uh, track. Uh, which isn't really a song it's just the intro to the song remind me and uh, it begins the depiction of his first impression of a mystery woman later expanded upon in the following track remind me uh, he describes her as as crazy which may usually drive someone away however for Eminem this is perfect as he classifies himself as crazy as well the end of this intro samples the song my name is which is off of his first album slim shady lp um right so uh do you guys got anything about that little snippet honestly i think he could have just put this at the very beginning of the song and i think it would have worked just as just as easily to be honest with you yeah i don't know separate i don't know why he did a skit like interlude kind of thing I just think it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you could have just put it at the beginning of the song, and it would have been okay. You didn't have to make it a separate track all on its own. Um, but so into the song, remind me, uh, remind me is a comical tongue-in-cheek ode to a uh, buxom, uh, a bosom love interest whose crude personality reminds Eminem of himself. Uh, interloping Joan Jett and the Black Hearts 1982 hit single I Love Rock and Roll and featuring the rap fusion production style of Rick Rubin the track offers a, ugh, the track offers a playful swaggering and nostalgic approach 
Um, what'd you guys think of this one? I thought it was okay. Um, it, it, it was a little bit goofy to begin with, but in a, in a better sense, not just like an obnoxious, like trying to be goofy. Um, it was an okay overall song. Um, it might be, I, I, I can accept it. Like it wasn't too bad for me. Right. I'm with Roger. I was all right with it. It wasn't one that it, I, it, I wasn't a big fan. Like it was okay. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll say. It was okay. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 one that I can. If it's playing, I won't change. It's not one I'm going to seek out again. Right. Um, but nothing really wrong with it overall. It's just it's goofy, but lighthearted goofy. Not him just trying to be slim for no reason out of nowhere. Right. right. Yeah, like in uh, verse two, there's there's this one little uh, snippet where he says, "Yeah, you're a cute fox, perfect ten, so back that up like a moonwalk, girl. You're smoking like Snoop Dogg, um, yeah. but but you must be token if you think I'm taking you over to my quarters. There goes the dime into the jukebox, two shots of blue hypnotic, and soon I'll turn this pool hall into a barroom brawl. So Rick, scratch on the break like a cue ball." Uh, you know, kind of giving Rick Rubin that shout out that right. that he also oh aptly never wants. He's he's just one of those guys. He doesn't care. Yeah, he just does his job, <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, so we- it's kind of you know, uh, like you guys said, it it's it's goofy for all the right reasons, and for that. I, I like it okay, but it's like Roger said, you know, it's not something I'm going to seek out. Oh, I got I to gotta listen to that, that remind me song, you know, <laughs> if it's, if it's on, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way to turn the track, but if it's not right. on, I'm not going to go out of my way to yeah. listen to it either. Yeah. And then after this, there was yet another interlude, which again, you I mean, it had the um, it was the uh, the revival interlude and it was a verse from Alice in the Glass Lake, which I've never heard of them before. Uh, um, apparently, this whole album was dedicated to um, the the girl Alice uh, from Alice in the Glass Lake, uh, and she passed away in 2015 due to leukemia. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, hmm. yeah. So um, it. it uh, Revival Interlude is the eighth track on Eminem's ninth studio album, um, Revival. <clears throat> it serves as the sole track that features no vocals from Eminem himself and is the second shortest song on the album at 51 seconds. The shortest being the Remind Me intro that we just talked about, which is 26 seconds. Um, the elegant vocals featured are sung by alternative pop singer songwriter. Uh, Alicia Lemke who performed under the stage name Alice and the Glass Lake uh, she unfortunately passed away in 2015 due to leukemia um, the revival interlude can be concluded as the title track of the album although it is an interlude and doesn't feature any vocals from Eminem whatsoever it's also worth noting that the album title revival was used in memory of uh, Alicia Lemke in an interview okay. with producers Frequency and uh, Alias, who also produced Frequency 
and co or also produced and co-produced the monster uh off of uh the 2013 march mathers lp2 uh, the instrumental was created inspired by regina spector's human the year which original which was originally formatted for eminem to rap over and they were given positive feedback and told to hold the record and not to pass the beat but it didn't make it onto uh marshall mathers lp2 or the shady 15 album uh till six months before the release of revival they were asked to send the stems of the beat and then several months go by without any confirmation until revival ads began to surface uh, a week or two before the album was released they were informed that the song made it in as an interlude also coming to the realization that Eminem may have written verses for the song but wasn't pleased with the final result oh okay mm-hmm. yeah and the lyrics for the for the for the revival interlude is like I've drowned and high uh, from the I'm drowned and high from the ashes now I can't recall your laughter the smoke of everything I'll grasp by ends and that's left and that and what's left over and the lights in every broken blown out window screaming laughing I like to feel it course coursing out this is our revival and then it jumps straight into the song like home featuring leash keys see i didn't know why he had put the interlude in there now it makes sense yeah oh so then we'll move on to the song like home um now this is a, a really kind of odd song uh not bad but odd because it is an anthem in favor of the united states offering a critical yet patriotic counter argument to president trump's vision for the country uh in the choruses eminem and alicia keys firmly praise their home country while on the verses eminem takes direct aim at donald trump the 45th president of the united states M has criticized Trump on various occasions, such as his lyrical assault on the commander-in-chief on the song The Storm. In December 2017 interview with Complex, he speaks further about his disappointment with the Trump administration. Uh, Eminem has incorporated politics into his lyrics since the beginning of his commercial career with songs like Who Knew, White America, and Mosh. This song is arguably an unprecedented, however, in that Eminem invests so much of the lyrics into a valid political discussion. But people don't want to have that. Right. Right. And even in the intro, he says, yeah, shout out to everybody who's been on this trip with me. If you you don't have to agree, but if you feel like me, and then he goes straight into the first verse. So he's telling you straight up front, listen, you may not agree with me, and that's fine, but this is what I want to say. And then he just hits him with it. And it's a it is a really another really good social commentary song overall. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I liked it. Um, and he I mean he gets straight at it <laughs> uh, yeah like he doesn't even hold back immediately uh, 
when his first verse starts with someone get this area in a sheet time to bury him so tell him to get prepared to get impeached everyone on your feet this is where terrorism and heroism meet square off in the street this chump barely even sleeps all he does watch fox news like a parrot and repeats while he looks like a canary with a beak while you think he banned transgender from the military with a tweet He's trying to divide us, the shit's like a cult, but like Johnny, he'll only unite us, cause nothing inside us drives us like this fight does. Similar to when two cars collide, cause our spirits crush and the spot's a tight one. I mean, off the, immediately just go straight to it. Doesn't yep. care. And people think this is the first time he's ever went after political, you know, figures before. Like, right. have you heard Mosh? They haven't, obviously. Like, like Mosh was... I mean, we talked about it when we did the uh, Encore retrospective. Like, he's never been in... He's never been on the... In, 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 the, in the Republican corner or the, or the conservative corner or whatever, you know? Hell, most of the people who were conservatives wanted to, you know, put him in jail and censor his music all the way back since the fucking Marshall Mathers LP one days. You know, I mean, when somebody says something that hurts your feelings, you gotta make them stop. Yeah. Although in the chorus, though, which Alicia Keys did an amazing job in the chorus, where where she goes, uh, and here to, and here's to where we all we all begin. Here's to the land that made me, and made me who I am. Who I am. Here's to the land that raised me. The one the one for the only one for the only place that really knows me for the cracks in the road that drove me there's no place like home yeah um i mean this song is another good uh just a good overall political the only thing is like we say that we know there's people on one side that or Half our fans are one side, half our fans are the other side. Give it a listen and try to understand what he's trying to say. Is my thing. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't I, I'm not on either side. Yeah. No, I don't, I, don't get me wrong, man. Stupid. Don't 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 get me wrong. Like I love my country. I'm I'm happy uh, that I was born in, born in the United States. I love my country, but I don't worship politicians. I will I will never fly the flag of a politician inside my house or on my vehicle. Because that's not patriotism. No, if you don't represent the man who tell you what to do, you ain't doing it right. Listen, Democrats are blue. They're uh, shitty too. Republicans are red. You know what else is blood? You know what else is red and blue? Pepsi and Coke, Bloods and Crips, two sides of the same coin, and they just want to fight each other. And then when people try to step in and intervene and said, "Whoa, we can't do this." Let's try to talk about this. Let's try to figure this shit out. They don't even... Either they don't get hurt or someone silences them. Because people don't want to talk. They just want their opinions heard and be fact. People don't want to be wrong. And people especially don't want to be proven wrong. No, that's a because, sin. Because they, because they feel... It's this weird inferiority complex where it's like... You have to be right... And if you're not right, then all is wrong. And, oh, you didn't hear me or you misunderstood. No, I heard everything you said. I listened to you. Believe it or not, I actually listened. (laughs) And your point was not a good one. 
And that's the thing. It's like, oh, well, I'm willing to have a debate with you. I don't want to fucking debate with you. I want to have a conversation so we can have an agreement or at least come to a point in the conversation where we can either agree to disagree and then we can move on with our lives. Me and you, we ain't even got to talk about it anymore if you don't want to, you know, but no, you have to prove that you're right. Okay. Well, look, I was never on a debate team in high school. Okay. I did freaking drama club. Sorry. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, I get you. Yeah, like I said, some people don't want to actually listen. They just want, like you said, they just want to be heard and then have their point be the only point. That I'm fine yep. if you want to be heard. I'm fine if you want to be heard, but be willing to listen to other people. Uh, but they can't. That's the problem. They just want to yeah. be heard. That's There's a difference. Uh, so before we get too political, uh, let's move on to... The... Not that too late. We are, we're already there. <laughs> But no, nah, I know what you're saying. Go ahead. Even more political, I guess. <laughs> there, yeah. there you go. There you go. Uh, we're going to move on to the song Bad Husband, uh, which features Ex Ambassador. Uh, now, this is a completely different. This is a song towards Kim, but it is a completely different take than anything he's ever done uh, for Kim. Uh, Bad Husband is an apology directed towards kim uh the title describes marshall himself this is the first track eminem has written as an apology to kim uh for the pain he's caused her throughout his personal and political or personal and public life even though he already acknowledges kim's positive impact on him on stronger than i was uh eminem has written many songs in the past with kim as his inspiration although just because or just about all of them involve Eminem inflicting some sort of violence toward her. On Kim, he cruelly kills her. 97 Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> narrates how he dumps the corpse while puke, with the kid in the car. Yes. While puke <laughs> is just another example in which he conveys hatred towards his ex-wife. Uh, now, Kim publicly addressed her relationship with Eminem in a TV interview on ABC News' 2020 in 2007. Here she argues that Eminem is an excellent father, but she doesn't know if he was a good husband or not. Uh, Throughout M's career, he has written songs that express regret in the way he has treated others throughout his rhymes. Most significantly, he took out some time on his 2013 track to apologize to his mother in the song Headlights for songs such as Cleaning Out My Closet. Uh, in his December 2017 interview with David Marchesi for Vulture, M remarks on his reconciled relationship with Kim, stating, I'm not killing Kim on songs anymore. We're good now. And she's the mother of my daughter. Well, at least you got past killing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, the, and and with ex ambassadors singing the chorus, especially where it says, "How come you can be a lord and a loser? How come? How come you can be a liar and a good father, good dad but bad husband? Why are you a good father, a great dad but a bad husband? You know, right? Uh, I always get ex ambassadors mixed up with Imagine Dragons, so yeah." <laughs> Because they're that that genre of rock. 
Imagine Dragons ain't that bad. They both sound the same. They they kind of do sound <laughs> the same. Right. Uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not denying that. I'm I'm just not gonna pretend it ain't good. You know. Like the weird thing is like. Uh, Imagine Dragons thought they had a unique style because they did like different fusions or everything, and then mm-hmm. Expander is the exact same thing. I was like, oh, I can't tell them apart anymore at all. Like, no, they, it, even their singers sound the same. And it's just those two bands from that yeah. genre. It's, yeah. I don't know what it is. I was like, man, it's like I, uh, I was like, what uh, is their genre? Is it like alt rock? It's like, I guess it, it's, it's is it indie pop, fusion? It, uh, no, it's it's indie pop. <laughs> it, yeah, maybe. Uh, it is actually classified as pop rock. Oof, they they extra pop, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's see, classified see, you say pop as rock, pop. but yeah, but then you have with that you got uh, indie pop also that's mixed in with it. There's power pop. Uh, then there's that. Well, there ain't bubblegum pop, but bubblegum pop kind of sucks. Um, how dare you, sir? That's how I like my Japanese music. Bubblegum pop? Yeah. Oh, is that like, is that the same thing as K-pop? No, that's Korean pop. I, I know, but I'm saying, is it similar to K-pop? I don't know. I don't listen to K-pop. <laughs> I do listen to Japanese pop, but I don't listen to Korean pop. Okay. See, see, for me, like, when you hear, like, bubblegum pop, I'm thinking, like, fucking Spice Girls or something like that, you know? Weren't they British pop? Euro pop? Yeah. Something pop. Hell, I don't know. Bubblegum Pop it always reminds me of like the theme song Yoshi Tatsu had. It's that style of Japanese music. Huh. Well, I'm looking. It says, it says Bubblegum. It says Bubblegum, also called Bubblegum Pop, is pop music in a catchy and upbeat style that is considered disposable, contrite, and marketed for children or young adolescents. Yeah. So, and, and then there's also... Uh, there's a there's a, the Archies from 1969 hit Sugar Sugar, which was rep, which which was a representative example of what led to cartoon rock, a short-lived trend for Saturday morning cartoons from in the from the 1970s to the 1980s. The more you know, the more you know. All yeah. right, let's move on. Because knowledge uh, is power. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say real quick uh, that third verse is kind of his tell all verse uh he says we brought out the worst in each other someone had to make the sparring in because i loved you but i hated that me and i don't want to see that side again but i'm sorry kim more than you could ever comprehend leaving you was fucking harder than sawing off a fucking body limb once upon a time where all we had maybe that's what drew us to each other it was true love shit we never knew was possible we might have loved each other too much and maybe that's what made us do what what we did to each other all the screw-ups because you always thought you was more in love with me and i was thinking i was more in love with you uh so i mean that that kind of right there you know says it all where when he's like you know leaving you was harder than sawing off a body limb because uh Man, I'm telling you, it would be hard for me to saw off one of my body limbs. Hey, I've seen saw. I know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's where the reference <laughs> is from. Yeah. Yep. Positive is probably what it's from. But, yep. Uh, so we move on from that song to the next song called Tragic Endings. Which, which is probably is... my favorite song on the actual album. 
it's it's a really really good song uh so tragic endings describes an unhealthy relationship in which the woman lowers the man's self-confidence instead of encouraging him to overcome his challenges after the fairy tale beginning he has a hard time realizing how mentally abusive the relationship has become the relationship ends horribly sending a powerful message that can be used to avoid these situations before they go too far Eminem has actually addressed this theme previously in songs such as Love the Way You Lie and Love You More. Also, the deliberated car accident in the end is a theme explored in Stan. Yeah. It's explored in a lot of his songs, actually. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, 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 and for the first 30 seconds, it's just Skylar Gray singing, which she has an amazing voice. I think she does. Um, where she where she says i'm stumbling i can't see straight and it's my fault i got this way i got my hands on something great and found a way to mess it up but i did my best i tried to change but it's just not in my dna i got my hands on something great and i found a way to fuck it up again now i'm the one now i'm the one thing you couldn't hate more but you're the one thing that i would die for and then just m go straight into um Hold on a second. Did they fuck something? Wait. Okay, hold on a second. Because I'm on Genius right now. I don't... Did they fuck it up? Hold on a second. What? Because it's showing verse one, Skylar. Okay. Okay, okay. I yeah, did it wrong. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, all my life I was told I was nothing special. I don't need to be reminded of it every other second, especially when all my self-confidence already shot to hell. I'm falling uh helplessly i'm embarrassed i don't want no one else to see you know and it, it again it's it, it, it's when you're in a situation when you're in a relationship that's so fucked up and toxic that it's like no matter what you do no matter how hard you try to please somebody it's like it's never enough you know what i mean yeah because he goes on to say you know i'm putting in her palms i'm wrapped around her finger a yo-yo on a string she lets me sit here uh, let me sit there and just dangle until something better comes along and she'll just drop me like a hot potato i look like i'm in pain but i'm okay though because i know she loves me my friends what do they know yeah because uh, because it's always like dude you gotta dude dude you i i've been through it i've been through it i think we've all been through i've been through it yep through good Bro, and bad. seriously, man, she needs to get the fuck out of your house. I don't know anyone who owns a truck. Okay, leave me alone. Pick the shit up in the trunk of a car and send them back to their mom and daddy. <laughs> That's what I did. You ready for me? You ready for me to walk out your life? Yeah, bitch. Here, let me help you. Chunk that shit in the back of back of my mama's car. Yep. Uh, I'm getting too deep with this shit. Let me go. <laughs> so, so for those who don't actually know who Skylar Gray is, she actually started her. Uh, musical career uh, at the age of 17 by signing a uh, recording contract with uh, Machine Shop Studio or Machine Shop Records which is a label founded by Mike Shinoda. She was featured heavily on um, the the first um, Fort Minor, I guess really only Fort Minor album uh but at that point she was known just as holly brooke so uh, she was the one in the where did you go song yes yeah 
Oh yeah. wow! Never Where put two and two together. Go. Go. Oh, Oof! We yes. don't want to get into that. Oof! Oof! No, we, we actually not, need to not, do a review of that album. Um. But I'll yeah, cry. I'll that's straight up. I will. <laughs> that's I that's where she started her career. Uh, Mike Shinoda kind of like found oh, her uh, and signed her to Machine Shop Records, uh, which I right. think she's actually still signed. Uh, yeah, she's still to signed Machine Shop Records. She's still signed to to Machine Shop. Uh, and uh kid in a corner uh which is an american record company founded by uh a british music producer um alex the kid so who's on he's a producer on this album too mm-hmm. yep so uh but that's just a little a little uh backstory on skylar gray because people think she just kind of came out of nowhere but she's she's been around for a while uh almost 20 years right yeah so uh an amazing voice yes she got a great voice where'd you go uh any uh any last remarks about tragic endings um i just overall like i related a lot to this song um i mean Anybody that's ever been in an abusive relationship, mental, physical, however, you know, you can relate to a lot of the things in this. Um, especially verse three to me, uh, in the beginning, it says, in my moments of weakness, I openly admitted the shit I wouldn't normally. I'm extremely self-conscious and normally insecure, and she uses it to torture when she torments me. It only turns to ammunition for her in this war. When she gets going, she don't stop. When I'm up, she's like a downer. When I found her, it was love at the first encounter. Um, like that alone, you know, using using your own insecurities and like just things on your mind against you, things, just stuff like that. Very, very relatable. If you've ever been in a situation yeah. like that, you understand exactly what it is and how it yeah, is. It, it's not your fault or it's not my fault. It's your fault. You got to be the one to fix it because I've done nothing wrong. You know, that whole thing yep even when it is their fault it's not their fault but no like i said overall that like uh, this is my favorite one on it i guess because of how much i can relate to it yeah uh i wouldn't say it's my number one overall but it's definitely in my top three. Oh, it's definitely my it's my number one (laughs) (laughs) uh so we move on from that song to the song framed um which is really weird i didn't like it (laughs) no um framed so the beat and the tone of framed feels very relapse era if you know what i mean yeah Yeah, i I got i got a very very significant relapse feel from it yeah so uh bless me Bless bless you uh, oh, nowhere it hurt <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the the song frame revolves around a fictional situation where Eminem is detained for a murder on the basis of how his lyrics coincidentally match up with a murder scene that is under investigation M sums it up with these lines but it never occurred to me that I could describe a murder scene 
in a verse and be charged with first degree murder because it just happened to match up perfectly. Uh, now, in an interview with Shade 45 on December 15th, M commented on how a beat affects the content of the song. Uh, he said, framed, you needed to rap some evil, like serial killer kind of shit to me. Um, the beat was so evil, I just had to say evil shit, like fucked up shit. Uh, and that's one of my favorite beats ever. Dude, it is. End it, quote. It is very, very dark because you have like that, almost that. Doom, 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 doom. Uh, it was so. Interestingly enough, this song is actually classified as a horrorcore song. Mm. Yeah, I, I got the feel of I got the feel of horrorcore listening to this. Absolutely. I guess I guess a soft one, maybe. <laughs> soft horrorcore. Yeah, I didn't really think it was horror that bad. Soft. Horror soft. <laughs> uh, you, you could definitely. It, it, it's a relapse kind of song. It's definitely a slim shady song. Yeah, but I, I think I thought there was something else with this song. Though I feel like there was another reference in. Uh, I think I may have picked up on something that's not there. Well, the second verse goes: "Woke up, it was dawn. Must have knew something was wrong. Think I'm becoming a monster because of the drugs that I'm on. Donald Duck's on. There's a Tonka truck in the yard." But dog, how the fuck did Yvonne Trump in the trunk in the why the why the fuck is uh Ivanya Trump in the trunk of my car? Oh yeah, because he got investigated by the secret uh yeah, Secret Service about this song. That's what it was. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh but I, I do like that he, he gives too short a, a a shout out at the very beginning. He says, uh feeling kinky Blow whistle. <laughs> <laughs> he said Feeling kinky, lip sinking to two shorts, freaky tales, having creepy visions of whiskey drinking and envisioning sneaking into Christy Brinkley dwells. Uh, I know this is risky thinking, but I want to stick her like she's decals. Uh, but when murdering females, better pay attention to these details, or you could be derailed. Better wear at least three layers of clothing or be in jail if you get scratches because of your DNA. Be all up under your fingernails, man. He hears you. I don't think he cares. <laughs> like it's he don't. <laughs> it's it's dark and kind of playful at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely old. It's definitely old Slim Shady style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not as bad as Relapse, but no. But you could yeah, you could get the weird feels to it. Yeah, not as bad. Yeah. Also, Verse Three had something like it started off weird. Like oh, the whole thing's weird to me. But I was just like. Uh, still on the loose, they spotted me inside McDonald's Tuesday in a Toronto Blue Jays cap, looking like your college roommate was Rihanna Lupe, Saddam Hussein, Bobby Boucher, or was it Boucher? Bo- uh, yeah, Bobby Boucher. Wow, I can't believe I forgot. Bobby Boucher, <laughs> or was it Cool J? <laughs> like, I just really thought like this is so weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and it's the second time that he shouted LL, but it was in a weird way I mean just in, like all the, those shadows right there just that contingency of people was weird to begin with well yeah uh, but I mean maybe he wants to do more music with LL Kuji. I don't know maybe he does maybe so ask the man himself 
right? Right. Uh, says, but it was never. It, but it. But it never occurred to me I could describe a murder scene in a verse uh, be changed with first degree because it just happened to match up perfectly with a massacre or the Burger King ru- burglary. No officer, you see, and then goes, "I was framed," <laughs> you know that whole thing. Um, right to his goofiness. Yep. <laughs> it was bland. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Damn, you okay over there? Oh, he he dying on us. You good? You you good, Bubba? Oh, he muted. Oof. Oh shit! It must've been bad. Went down the wrong tubing. Yep. You smoked like that blunt. <coughs> and then, you ever, did, did you ever watch that? Uh, <coughs> Sorry about that. You good? Oh. You, you man, alive, I thought bro? you done fell the fuck <coughs> out, bro. Sanky, you good, man? <coughs> and I took it. I was. I got a glass and of tea. To- no, I got a glass of tea sitting here, and I went to take a sip because I was getting ready to say something, and that some bitch went down the, the wrong pipe for sure. And say so you can't hold it in too long, bro. <laughs> <coughs> oh, that's the that's some herders. Yeah, it is. <coughs> All right, let's so jump Go think ahead. about think about how advanced and evolved we are as humans, and we still fucking drown on sodas and seas. Right, dude. The president almost died on a fucking pretzel. <laughs> like, okay. like, like we have billions upon billions of dollars in national defense. They want to spend more billions of dollars on fucking security and all this extra shit. And fucking George Bush almost dies from snack food. Like, <laughs> all I'm saying is, like, I think there's a point where we have to like figure out we have to evolve to the next level where we don't just fucking choke on drinks. <laughs> We're we're too advanced as a as a animal at this point. <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's let's, let's move so, on. Yeah, so we're gonna move on to the next song, which is uh, "Nowhere Fast." Um, and "Nowhere <sighs> Fast" is a, a description of M's experience with the game. Not the rapper, the rapper. no, <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet, anyway. Uh, that man don't want to get lyrically murdered. <clears throat> he says he does, but he doesn't. I mean, doesn't I like the smoke. game. I like the game, but he don't want to smoke. Nah, no. you can sit here and say all day long I want to smoke, but when it comes to Dude, it, on dr- he don't want it. <clears throat> Dude, I watched that interview for Drink Champs, and I, and they, and they got a, they got the podcast too. I, like, if you ever if you never listen to Noriega's pod, like it's it's great. Um, got a lot of great guests that come through there, but nah, when he said that, Noriega looked at him like, the fuck did you just say? Yeah. Like, are you serious, game? <clears throat> like, it's crazy. But anyway, go ahead, yeah. Chip, I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, I'll start back over. It's just, Nowhere Fast is a des- description of Eminem's experience with the game and what he considers his own position in the industry. Moreover, the song comments on the world's current situation, uh, throughout referencing the latest terrorist attacks and the North Korean nuclear threat, something that is emphasized throughout statements such as the world's on fire. The feature from Kehlani provides a certain atmospheric melodic accompaniment that can be heard on several other tracks from Revival, such as Tragic Endings and Like Home. Uh, So what did you guys think of this song? I thought it was okay. Um, it 
he does get i guess this is another this is one of the introspective songs that i like yeah um he just uh i'm trying to find a verse or the lyric i liked uh uh while you're looking that up i will say that i do like the chorus uh i had never heard uh kehlani before this but um her voice has there's something about it that really like <clears throat> makes me want to seek out more of her uh right now whether the, uh, her other stuff is this good or not i don't know but you know the chorus goes ashes blowing in the air our world's on fire but we don't care wasted youth always on the road never look back and never getting old because the skies are black but our hearts are made of gold fuck what you're fuck doing what you're told we're going nowhere fast yep. <clears throat> and just the way she says it or the way she sings it it's it's really kind of it's hard to describe but it's it's really like there yeah um she definitely <clears throat> she definitely was the right choice for the chorus overall in this one um, yeah just her delivery and everything but uh the part that I liked is uh, shit I just moved it I've lost it again here we go <laughs> um, it says nowhere to go but hysterical it's getting warm in here I set the world on fire was born to be an arsonist just one spark and it's lit and I'm still getting dark on this shit told you I'd leave my mark on this bitch mm-hmm. like, I was like oh like ooh, ooh, who offended you sir like who you trying to beef with <clears throat> got beef with everybody right. Interesting note about the song, though, itself. It says, on March 11th of 2018, the artist performed the song Extended Version live at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. The performance centers around the theme of gun violence, featuring a new verse by Eminem at the beginning, which was inspired by the aftermath of the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, um, where Alex Mosky or Moscow, a survivor of the shooting, introduced a performance with a speech that said, we're tired of hearing politicians send their thoughts and prayers to us and doing nothing to make the necessary changes to prevent this tragedy from happening again. If those elected if those elected to represent won't do what's right to keep us safe, we're going to be, so, we're going to be too loud for them to ignore. Yep. I mean, we, we are the country with the most school shootings that's a huge problem in itself mm-hmm. but so. what could we do uh, clearly nothing because it's still happening and it's at a more alarming rate than it has been ever ever <laughs> <clears throat> yeah Yep. Uh, any last thoughts on that song um, no, I, like I said, I, I I thought it was overall a really good song. Um, very introspective mm-hmm. on things. Um, Talent, <laughs> you got anything else? No, I thought I'm like I like what you said, man. I think it was a good song. Um, I think that it was weird hearing him like rhyme the cadence with it, which he he did good with the beat that that was provided for him. Um, which uh, Rock Mafia and Hit Boy uh, did the production for it, and did uh. And um, it, I thought it was I thought it was good. Like I, I it, it wasn't like I love um, 
how do you say her name? Ka- Ka- Kaliri? I think it's I, Kaylani. Kaylani, okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love you know, I love her uh voice on the song. I think I think her voice sells the song as opposed to Eminem's lyricism in it. If that makes sense. I don't know. It's just that's just me. No, I guess what you mean. Anyway. <clears throat> yep. Let's move on to the next one. Uh all right. So uh the next one is uh, a song called Heat. Uh, so the fire marshal returns with Heat, the latest addition to M's collection of playful and lighthearted songs. An example of such a song from an earlier album is My Fault from the Slim Shady LP. <clears throat> the song is produced by Rick Rubin, who provides a rap rock beat similar to the one he made for Berserk from Marshall Mathers LP 2. Uh, the primary riff is sampled from intro filling the heat off the movie Boogie Nights. Yep. <laughs> uh, in addition, the song Heat ends with a snippet of dialogue from the movie where Mark Wahlberg's character says, It's my big dick, so everybody get ready right fucking now. In the background of the track, there are even more samples from the movie, specifically from scenes revolving around feeling my heat samples that come from this scene include lines such as come on come on come on love me today love me tomorrow boogie nice so great i like this one i really like this song a lot mm-hmm. um probably mainly because <laughs> the rick rubin beat to it i really because like it. it does sound like well it does have that berserk-esque like beastie boy style beat but i don't know I, when when i from the beginning, I knew it was gonna be a goofy song, but it's it goofy and like it is like a lighthearted goofy, and it really is just very playful, funny overall. And it's a good, um, I guess it's a good way to transition from the political and interest making stuff just to get it back to like a mid level, uh, I guess give us a little relief from the the heavy stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you do gotta you you do gotta have some kind of lighthearted stuff, because uh, then it's either like oh it's too <clears> political <throat> or it's not political enough, you know, or something along those lines. You know, this one yeah. was really. Good, I, I mean, I just look at the first verse where he says, "Lady, you remind me of my raps on that relapse shit," because you got an ass thick as them accents, two ass cheek implants, call that an asset. Cause you could get a glass, you could set a glass on it. It's massive. It's massive. <clears throat> From the first time I saw you, I actually said to myself, "I got a meter, like a taxi." Exactly. Love affair in the back seat. Sorry if I'm being graphic, but I'm stiff as a statue. You sat on a shelf. I feel like I'm a bust. Maybe I just, I'm just ahead of myself. Let me slow down. Slow your Camaro. <clears throat> I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to jump your bones to the marrow got me under your control and your spell wrap want to wrap you up put you in a bow like an arrow like <laughs> it's it's good uh grab but, you by the yeah it's not a problem in fact but about the only thing my I thing was just the- <laughs> my thing was this beat though it sounds like a kid rock song doesn't it it does it does like it when was- i first heard it, i was like man is this kid rock like every time I like I heard it, that's what I kept thinking. I mean, they have done one song together. Yeah, but I mean, this is not even like that. Like this is—it sounds like it was a straight up like Kid Rock song, 
Right. Like just straight ripped as a Kid Rock song. <laughs> and he just used like the instrumentals just for this. And I know it's a Rick Rubin one and you know, Rick Rubin is a musical genius, so but it's, it's supposed to be a rock it's supposed to be a rock rap fusion. Maybe it's like old ZZ Top beat samples, maybe? I don't know what he would use on this. Maybe. Okay, I need a, I need uh, a he, uh, he used, oh, here we go. He contains samples of King of Rock, written by uh, Run DMC. Run DMC, yeah. Girls, girls written by Boys. Adam uh, Adam Morovitz and Rick Rubin and performed by the Beatles and an uncredited sample of intro um, was from Boogie Nights with John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg. Yep. Uh, yeah, I can that, hear. I can definitely hear the Beastie Boys on it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, the outro though. Uh, he says on the ones and twos to three or four in the morning. Rick's on the cut like Neosporin. He's mixing it up for me, and you're in <clears throat> at Teddy Light Short for Theodore. We're out at five thousand. I want to fuck. It's my big dick. So everybody, get ready. Fucking yeah, everybody get ready. Fucking now. <laughs> uh but again another shout out to Rick Rubin and this is um where they use um part of the the girls uh by Beastie Boys this is where that is actually sampled out right yeah yeah Rick Rubin's got to be up there number 1 number 2 greatest producers of all time right I probably put him at number I, one. I, I probably put him at number one because he's even touched. over Quin- even even over Quincy Jones. Oof. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I I gotta look at it as Rick Rubin touched so many musical genres over his career. Like he's literally done pop, uh, rock, rap. I mean, he still does <laughs> all yeah. this. Which which Quincy was more known for hip hop and R and B? Yeah, but I mean, Quincy brought up are more more of the urban style to commercial success overall. And but Rick Rubin did everything, like everyone, everything. Yeah, like you could see his influence on so much stuff, and you can tell when it's a Rick Rubin song because like especially when we're listening to the Eminem ones, we know like, oh, that's definitely the Rick Rubin one. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a shit. To, uh, Quincy he did a shit ton of film scores and soundtracks and yeah, TV and and TV show themes and and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, Rick Rubin, uh, just just to name a few, uh, he's worked with LL Cool J, Beastie Boys, Run G, Run DMC, uh, Slayer, yep, Public Enemy, The Cult, uh, Danzig. Um, Andrew Dice Clay, The Black Crows, Ghetto Boys, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sir Mix a Lot, Mick Jagger, uh, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, Johnny Cash, Tom, he's a a shit ton, (laughs) yeah, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Trying not to repeat people. System of a Down. Uh, Cheryl Crow. Uh, Mel C. From the Spice Girls. When she did her solo stuff. 
uh, Rage Against the Machine, Eagle Eye Cherry, uh, American Head Charge, Macy Gray, Aerosmith, Audio Slave, uh, Limp Biscuit, <clears throat> of course. Uh, oh wow, he actually created the beat for Jay Z's Ninety Nine Problems. Yeah, he was. Yeah, in he's, a music video he's in a video. Too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's worked with Slipknot, Lil John and the Eastside Boys, Weezer, Shakira, Neil Diamond, the Dixie Chicks, or as they're now known, just the Chicks. Uh, Justin Timberlake, U2, Linkin Park, uh, Kanye West, Nas, KRS-One, Rakim, Coheed and Cambria, uh, Metallica, uh, Typo Negative. Yeah, he did the Bloody Kisses record. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Adele. Man, that, that record was 1993. Holy shit. Yeah. That's that album's fixing to be twenty. Oh, I'm fixing, next year will be thirty years old. Holy shit! Yeah, we're old, God, bro. We're old. Uh, <laughs> we're old. Yeah, Kid Rock, we're... Adele, uh, ZZ Top, uh, Lana Del Rey, Black Sabbath, Eminem, of course, Lady Gaga, Ed Sheeran, uh, Wu Tang Clan, Billy Corgan. Santana, the Smashing Pumpkins, so Imagine Dragons, The Strokes, <clears throat> just, I mean, he's touched so many musical genres, that's why I would put him at number one, because he didn't put himself in a box and say, you know, I'm a hip-hop producer, or I'm a R&B producer, he's literally done it all. Right, he's a music producer. Yeah. Right. Uh. So Eli anyway, Terry. Holy shit. That's yeah. what I said. Like that's the name I heard. <laughs> tonight. Like to break a dawn, come tomorrow. Who put out an album in 2012? Really? Did they? 2012 and 2018. Holy shit. Yep. Uh, it even uh, they. It's just one dude. I thought Eagle Eye Cherry was a band. No, it's a dude. It's a random dude. It's some random, yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, let's, <coughs> let's move, move on. on to the next one. Yep. Uh, uh, next up, we're gonna talk about the song "Offended." Uh, so reminiscing on a career plagued by controversy, Eminem doesn't feel remotely sorry for those he offended over the years. Likewise, with the other songs on Revival, uh, this song also takes aim at Donald Trump, the then president of the United States. The whole chorus is sung in the tone of the Nobody Likes Me Guess I'll Go Eat Worms children's song. Again, insinuating that those who got offended need to grow up. <clears throat> the end of the third verse sees Eminem take aim at the record books and beat his previously re- re- his previous record of spitting six and a half words per second in the fastest part of Rap God by spitting 6.71 words per second here. In the background of this part of the verse, Flight of the Bumblebee, a song known for its speed, begins to play in the background. Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing, yeah. Because it's very... um, It's mainly for, like, technical... Like, guitar players and stuff like that is what's used to... them to, like, build up speed and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Um, which I guess rapping would I basically be pretty much be the same way, I guess, when you're trying to enunciate words and syllables in a certain, uh, you know, time. But uh, anyway. what would you think of this song, Raj? Um, another, another political hit, in my opinion. Um, I just want to say uh, that, you know, Eminem ain't shy to say what he want to say, especially when it comes to politics in this song. Right. Uh, <laughs> but no, he... It I, wasn't I, as abrasive, though. Yeah, it wasn't as abrasive. It was more I, playful. Um, it, I, it was more easy, but he still hits pretty hard. Right. Uh, I, it's hard to say. You got to listen to it, but it was an okay song. Um, like I said, I guess Heat being right in between this uh, and uh, crap, what was right before it? Heat uh, and Nowhere Fast was a good little cool down because uh, he gets political again. And he, then he does his weird, like, fast rap, which I, I guess, I, I mean. It's impressive, but I mean, just go transition to that randomly at the end of the song. I was like, uh, it took away a little bit for me, I guess, too. Right, I right. can see that. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it, the song actually samples uh, "In You I Found Love" by uh, Charles Bradley. So, uh, but, uh, it samples something else too. Well, it's, I mean, well, that, that I mean, that's what the credit. The uh, flight of the bumblebees. Yeah. Well, fly the bumblebees, but that's not contributed to a certain uh, artist or anything. Um, to be honest, I don't even know. Sergey Romanov. I mean, easy for you to say. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can say Sergey. <laughs> <laughs> Sergey, there you go. Sergey. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, uh, I think the, the verse three is actually kind of the most like comedy driven. Uh, because it like just this one uh one snippet here where uh he says so we're in shape because you're in a slurring state i'm an i'm a 10 and you're an eight like what i do before after and during rape you gotta get in yeah you gotta get into a pissing contest and find out who's better and be made a fool out of when i pull him out r kelly with a full bladder (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i forgot about that bar holy shit uh any any last thoughts on this one um no i mean he he goes all in on uh on old torpedo so (laughs) yeah but he also mentions ivanka a lot in his songs Every time he talks about Donald. But then I guess that's what happens when you are president and you appoint family members to political leadership roles when you shouldn't be able to do that. Right. Hey, nepotism still <coughs> alive and well, I guess. Only during dictatorships. I guess we can move on to the uh, next one. Yep. Uh, next up, we got the song. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, Talon. You got something to say? Um, I was done. Go ahead. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. I'm sorry if I gave off that impression. I apologize. 
next up, we're going to talk about the song Need Me. Uh, Now, Need Me describes an unhealthy relationship marked with infidelity and lies. However, neither of the two accepts the state of their romance and continue their bad habits instead of ending the relationship. Their love is addictive despite the experience they have had. Something that is emphasized in the hook where he says, maybe you need me. Uh, <clears throat> M has brought up similar themes on tragic ending and the love, love the way you lie. Uh, so what would you uh, think of this one? Uh, it definitely, definitely another abusive relationship theme that I can not fully understand, but relate to, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And how some people do always do the maybe it'll get better or it'll change or you know some something to stay or maybe like oh this person needs me to get better you know if I stay with them or you know I need them and they're gonna make me a better person that kind of thing. Um, and then the first verse is by Pink, which is not really that long at all. It's like a couple bars. Um, then they both sing together, but on the third verse, Eminem actually sings one. Uh, and he starts out saying starting to think we were made for each other but one of us in this relationship is raising the other you remind me Mm -hmm. of my mother we drive one another crazy we drive one another crazy as each other and we're both adults so there's no excuse for the games that we play with each other where you at at a friend's no you ain't motherfucker but i give you i give her the benefit of the doubt wherever the doubt kicks in shiver when i touch her because i love her so much i'm a sucker so it's pretty much seems like not trusting but still staying no matter what just because the emotional dependency kind of thing what is it what right. is it called stockholm syndrome is that what it's called no this is, uh, i mean it's just an abusive relationship thing. yeah i i know i know where you're going with that with the stockholm syndrome but this i don't feel like is a case of stockholm syndrome this is just an abusive relationship that they refuse to get out of um but <clears throat> later oh, in that delusional s- wrestling fan syndrome got it <laughs> yes uh but later in that that same verse you were just talking about roger is where he uh, we talked about it earlier uh he says um she's in hot water think i caught her cheating again give her another chance another one after that i'm swimming in that egyptian river because i'm in denial Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so we, I'll see you later on near the end of the verse two. It says, "I can never turn my fucking back on you." What is that? I'm codependent. I'm just now noticing it, but somehow I was like, every time I'm about to go end it, I ain't got the cojones to do it. Nor the heart in our apartments. Our apartments torn apart. Using my heart for a dartboard. I mean, every segment of it just talks about a different. I guess part of a abusive relationship the codependency the distrust the denial chance after chance just things like that right but maybe in a sense it kind of makes sense for pink to be on this particular song because her and carrie hart also had a very similar relationship not to like violence but a very similar relationship where they were just fighting all the time you know i don't think he does any violent things in this no no, no i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just saying that Pink's relationship with Carrie Hart was always one of, uh, and, and she talks about it on a couple of songs, um, which they're better off now, I guess. Um, but 
yeah, she's had like she, you know, they they've had, you know, their issues, which of course you would have you would have your issues, um, but they've been married since uh, 2006, so you know, and they got two kids together, so you know they, but definitely, but when the earlier part of their relationship, they were at each other's throat, you know. Yeah, and I can see that. They actually went through mean. marriage counseling in 2009. Um, uh, when they got back together, they when they got back together, and then they 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 never actually went through the divorce proceedings. So they were still together through their you know just figuring out a way to make the shit work. You know. Yeah. Uh, any last words or we moving on to the next one yeah we can move on all right next up we're going to talk about the song in your head in uh, your head <laughs> did we really yeah. just do that at the same time yes well, i mean what what is like what can somebody say in your head and people don't automatically think that zombie right uh, so on In Your Head, Eminem reflects about his regrets throughout his career. In particular, it appears that he's most frustrated with his slim shady persona. His alter ego, as described by Eminem, was his evil yet funny side. Uh, and he says, I quote, Slim shady is just the evil thoughts that come into my head. Things I shouldn't be thinking about. Not to be gimmicky. But people should be able to determine when I'm serious and when I'm just fucking around. That's why a lot of my songs are funny. End quote. Uh, so because of his persona, he blended real life problems with his music. The most popular example would be Kim, where M kills his wife out of frustration. Uh, he mm-hmm. also had no issues with beefing with others. Even at the peak of his career, he's made it evident that he would say whatever he wanted in drug ballad he rapped and i quote i just say whatever i want to whoever i want whenever i want wherever i want however i want end quote uh his actions finally begin to catch up with him in this song as he's remorseful for what he's rapped about now on january 15 2018 a month after this song was released dolores oridian a the singer of the hook was found in her was found dead in her London hotel. Her cause of death has not been made public. Uh, I what, still don't think it. I don't think it's been made public. I was gonna say. I wonder if it has now. I don't think it ever has been. Uh, in your head. I'm try to look it up real quick. It says drowning. Uh, it, it says that the, the Cranberries front woman, Dolores uh, Oridian, died by drowning due to alcohol intoxication. Oh. I think she died the same way Cliff Burton died. Because I think Cliff Burton died the exact same way. Yeah, she was found No, 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 not Cliff Burton. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> who's the guy? Bon Scott. Bon Scott from ACDC. That's how he died. Okay. Yeah, she was found submerged in the bath in her room. Uh, at London Park's Lane Hilton Hotel. It was ruled a tragic accident due to excessive drinking. Well. 
Uh, Super sad. Yeah. 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 Uh, coroner calls the death for Bon Scott was acute alcohol poisoning and uh, death by. It was classified as death by misadventure. That's what it's classified in uh, the UK. Okie dokie. That's what I said. <laughs> misadventure. Not accident, misadventure. Like, okay. You don't go with that. Now, misadventure anyway, is walking off the side of a mountain while you're hiking. That's a misadventure. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, what no, you guys called, think that's of... That's called white people shit. <laughs> Not this white person shit. <laughs> nope. I, I ain't gonna be out there on no hike. <laughs> I'm not on the side of the I ain't gonna be. I, I don't hike. I don't put raisins in potato salad. I don't even eat potato salad. Uh, so. Yeah, raisins and potato. I still don't get that shit. Mm-mm. Do you put walnuts in salad? Nope. No. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what what was your your thoughts of this song? I liked it overall. It uh, another really good introspective song. Yeah, I did like the uh, the use of the cranberries uh, zombie song. Um, um, and it wasn't until I mean, obviously, it wasn't until later that we got the uh, the Bad Wolves version of the song in 2018. Um, the cover, yeah, the cover, yeah, yeah. which th- they did. I think I think they did a great job. Um, uh, nah, remembrance, <laughs> not so. You know, you know. You can like it if you want to. I do like it. I I think it was a good. I think it was. I think it was a good cover. Um, Hell, if Five Finger Death Punch can do a thousand covers a year, what's one cover for Bad Wolves, right? And now the guy who's the lead singer is not even the lead singer anymore. That's different story. Um, but no, I like the song. I like. I like. You know, the the homage to the cranberries, and you know, again, it was. Again, it's you know self-reflecting in the song of you know everything that uh you know he had put people through and stuff especially kim yep uh so it's it's real telling in uh the last uh part of the first verse uh, where he says, "Fuck it, I've done enough in this rap shit. Recovery brought me back, brought me nothing but back to right where I was, and perhaps this could have been my victory lap. But if I wasn't on the verge of relapse, like, yep. you know, just saying that, like, it to me, that's him saying, you know, recovery was, uh." A really good album and and relapse was terrible so my thing is uh, with that is do you think now that he's gone through his sobriety and he's going back and listen and listen to his old stuff do you think that that's why he's changed his style a lot in the albums afterwards after his sobriety I, I think so I, I really do because even That's when like he does, he's more remorseful, I don't know about remorseful, but he just tried to stay away from relapse, like the the way he was in relapse. But obviously, he was heavy on drugs, and obviously, his mind worked a different way. But even when he does like his some shady stuff, is not some shady esque, I guess. Right. At least not as deep right. or as harsh. But I mean, 
I guess him just being more like, especially the, like this song is very, very one of his more really deep ones overall, uh, lyrically, I guess, when it comes to his, uh, yeah, introspective styles. Right. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, with the uh, play in your head overall in general, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's interesting uh, on Genius.com, uh, you know, you can click on certain lyrics and it gives you kind of like a breakdown of it. Uh, and so I did that for, for that that I just read. And um, it says that uh, Eminem was not looking for a mostly positive album. He wanted to release an album where he can safely end his legendary career, but his drug slips up slip-ups prevented him from doing so uh now later we're going to talk about a song called a rose and he mentions it again Mm. there where he says with recovery marshall mathers lp2 uh helped propel me to victory laps gas toward them and fast forward the past uh we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute but uh yeah this is uh this whole album is is very introspective uh so for the most part yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely alright well let's uh let's, let's move on to the next one we only got a couple left so uh yeah the next one is Castle uh, Castle um before we move on I, I just I wanna I was looking at the credits so uh, they sampled. Well, obviously, we know they sampled the cranberries, but when you look at the credits, it says that it's sampling "Zombie in Your Head" by Bad Wolves and Eminem. They apparently did a mashup uh, of uh, Eminem's in your head and uh bad wolf's zombie was this fan was it was it fan made or was it a no this is an official i'm looking at it right now yeah you guys can continue on i'll i'll share this here in a second yeah I, i just thought that was interesting so it, it's a it's an actual official mashup produced by Bad Wolves and JW Mashups. It was released June first, twenty eighteen. Uh. Uh. So we'll move on from there. While Roger's looking that up, we'll move on to the song Castle. Um, now Castle is a song dedicated to M's daughter Haley Uh, it tells the story of his thoughts on how he was going to raise his daughter from before she was born and during her childhood years the third verse includes M's thoughts on how Haley will be affected by growing up in the spotlight and how he uncritically exposed her and their troubled family life to the world from a young age for instance Haley will have to deal with songs such as Kim and 97 Bonnie and Clyde where not only is she mentioned in a narrative where M kills her mother, but also unwittingly lent her vocals as an infant to help tell the story. Uh, in December, uh, uh, on December 15th, 
uh, of uh, in a December 15th radio interview with Shay 45 Eminem provides more context on Castle and he says <clears throat> and I quote when Haley was about to be born I would always write letters that I thought I would give her just for her to have them or whatever so I thought let me start from the beginning Castle takes place in 2007 which leads to overdose and Christmas and her birthday and me missing that me not being there with my kids for Christmas was tough, end quote. Uh, M reenacts this drug overdose in the conclusion of Castle, which provides a fitting transition to the next song that more fully explores this moment in his life. A rose coupled together, these two songs provide a reflective look at M's life 10 years following his 2007 overdose. Damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what did you guys think of this song? Um, I definitely relate a lot to this one for, I mean, just the raising a daughter portion of it. Right. Um, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I, so some of the songs that I, he writes about Haley or for Haley, I like. This one was okay. I guess it was just... I don't know. I it was another like this one. I just felt felt out of place on the whole album. Maybe that's just what I think. It was right. an okay song. I just felt like it, especially near the end of the album. I was just like, yeah, it doesn't really fit the whole album. But maybe people would just say uh, say it's another introspective style album, so that's how it'll fit in. Right. Well, I mean, the third verse goes. Now, if you found these letters, I guess I better try to explain it. A lot's happened in between them since I raised rise to this fame. I've said your name, but always tried to hide your face. This game is crazy. I wanted to claim my love for you, but dang, I never knew it, it'd be like this. If I did, I wouldn't have done it. You ain't asked for none of this shit. Now you're being punished. The things that should have been private with me and your mother is public. I can't stomach. They can take this fame back. I don't want it. I'll put I'll put out this last album, then I'm done with it. One one hundred percent finished, fed up with it. I'm hanging it up. Fuck it. Excuse the cur- excuse the cursing, baby. But just know that I'm a good person. Through they portray me as cold. Though they portray me as cold. And if things should worsen, don't take this letter I wrote as a goodbye note. But your dad's at the end of his rope. I'm sliding down a slippery slope. Anyway, sweetie, I better go. I'm getting sleepy. Love, dad. Shit, I don't know. And then you hear the sound of a pill bottle being open, and Eminem ingesting the pills, and then you you audibly hear him collapse on the floor. So in a weird way, it's borderline border borderline suicide note in a sense yeah um and it's weird like i said it's weird like this whole this whole album i just thought well not album uh, this song i just thought was weird on the uh album especially at the end and on, especially on this part um but it's multiple suicide letters maybe yeah. so, so you found these letters <laughs> yeah i i I would say so. Almost like you go to write one, then you're like, nah, crumble it up, throw it away, or something like that. But I think that it it it, it might work from the standpoint that 
the end of this song kind of translates into the beginning of the next song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then it says, you know, there's part one of the song arose. And then later on, there's a part two where it says castle extended. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know there was an extended one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, we'll just go ahead and move straight on to the song arose. Uh, so on the introspective album closer, arose details, how he nearly died in 2007 due to an overdose on pills. His, he catalogs his thought process in what could have been his dying moments. His mind floats to his daughter's brother and mother and all the wonderful milestones that he would have missed had that been his final day on earth. He also sees his late friend and close collaborator proof in hallucinations. At the end of the song, the beat switches back to Castle, continuing the theme of rewinding the tape. And M gives thanks for the second chance that the nurses gave him. He also recaps on his discography since the incident, reminding listeners that this happened 10 years ago and he's released several albums since. Um, now, the song samples The Rose, a song recorded by Bette Midler in 1979 uh, <clears throat> for a film also entitled The Rose. Uh, and that song was written by Amanda McBroom and this track is about taking chances in the face of adversity and insecurities it was definitely a deep deep song oh yeah um, for sure <laughs> uh, I, I'm not gonna lie I, uh, I got choked up a couple times in it I'm looking at all the samples he also uses a uh sample from When the Levy Breaks by Led Zeppelin and I'm Gonna Love You Just a Little More Baby by Barry White mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. fixing to say that you beat me to it <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed well, to be the, the knowledge guy <laughs> well I know I, like when I heard the song I was like there was something else in it like I'm weird because I can pick out some samples but I never remember who it is and right. a lot of times I'm just trying to like pick my own brain Roger he's not calling us dumb he's just saying <laughs> he just got the info I mean, I know he's got the info, but I was like, I like looking up samples and like being like, oh, I do know that song then. Instead yeah. of being like looking at it like, oh, that's not the song I thought it was. Like, I, yeah, I right. hate what like, I thought it was this song. Well, you're fucking stupid for thinking that. How about that? Uh, <laughs> now, the one thing about this song, uh, Arose, is there's there's no chorus to it. There's no interlude. It's just like one super long verse. Yeah. Which he's done that. He did it on the... Uh, Recovery too, didn't he? One one song. Uh, I, I believe so. Um, I I mean, he's just it's pretty much just him talking, or I mean, mm-hmm. he's him rapping, but him just speaking to us. Uh, but like you said, it, it, I mean, he talks about like just being thankful, the rewind of everything. Like it's just, it's a really good, like really really good song overall. Right. Um, there's a couple of parts in it that got me like the one part where he goes and mom i wish i had a chance to have one last heart to heart honest and open talk with you um and it says duty i see you i go to walk to you 
I can feel my soul leaving my body and float across the room. Duty, because that was his uh, nickname that he had for uh, proof. Um, you know, he also mentioned his father in this song as well. Uh, he goes, oh, I almost forgot something. Thank my father, too. I actually learned a lot from you. You taught me what not to do. And sometimes that's all you need. Being a better parent by not being a bad parent. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, I thought this was uh, very, very introspective. Um, and, and like Talon said, you know, I mean, I'm not raising a daughter, but I've seen firsthand some of the shit that like M talks about going through uh with the the drug addiction and stuff and it like really hit um it, it hit a spot with me uh so yeah yeah um uh so overall the album um like i said i i liked it i didn't think it was bad there was just i don't know what it was about it there's just it's not it's not bad but it's not great in my opinion um it's not your top five no not my top five but I, like i'm definitely not putting it near the bottom like it's, it's really good it, i think it is a mid album okay um there is a lot of stuff in there um uh, introspective wise if you want to just continue hearing the growth of eminem um obviously mm-hmm. and then you know the political stuff just hearing his perspective and trying to bring insight and um a new demographic to what's really going on uh that's another thing uh and also he still has his goofy stuff here and there so you know it's not just all seriousness right what would you guys say are your favorite three songs on the record oh um uh tragic endings for me is number one (laughs) Uh, um i do like heat a lot um probably probably my, my two or three i'm not gonna say exactly which one um ooh, uh finally listening all the way through again maybe bad husband uh it's another good one yeah right. i uh I, I liked river i liked bad husband uh, and these are in no particular order uh i liked nowhere fast um I like tragic endings. Uh, yeah, I liked I like uh, the song "Untouchable." Tragic endings. I was just saying, "Untouchable." Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it, it um, and these are again, these are not in any particular order. Uh, I like the song "Untouchable." I like the river. Uh, I like "Bad Husband," "Tragic Endings." Um, uh, in your head and a rose those are mine i would say so well ladies and gentlemen that is it hope you enjoyed our uh retrospective of the uh the album revival on the next rap rewind we have what i think is one of eminem's best pieces of work uh the album kamikaze um and uh I know that's. I, I, I know it's. I know it's a hot take, and I know a whole lot of people are like, really, you got Kamikaze rated? Yes, Kamikaze was that good. Like he Hold literally on, dropped this album out. out of nowhere. 
Hold on, time out. What'd you just say, Roger? It'll be my first all the way through listen of it. Wow. What? Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Y'all gotta remember, like I said, after uh, after relapse, we left, I you stopped fucking. I with stopped him listening. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, what? I listen to things here and there from it, but it'll be my first listen of the whole album. It's not like my first time listening to this song in general. I'm right. not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna hype it because I don't want to give you a false sense of um, what's the correct way to say it. Well, I mean. I, like my thing is like I won't even if you like tell me it's like the most amazing one I won't hold it against you you know because I mean everybody has different especially with music it has different everybody has different taste I definitely think Kamikaze is one of his best albums my opinion I mean that's but what I've heard that from a lot we'll of people and people reference it as being one of the uh, I guess resurgence of him coming back full like to full strength maybe is what they were okay. like they were trying to say Right. Yeah. And some people wasn't I, fucking with it. Though. I, okay. So uh, with Kamikaze, uh, and we'll get into it, you know, more on the next episode. Um, it was an album that came out of nowhere and it kind of smacks you in your face like a ton of bricks. Um, it's, it's very, it's a very different kind of Eminem. You've got to think. On this album, it's a lot of diss tracks, like sneaky disses. Yeah, there's a lot of sneaky disses. There's a lot of him talking shit about the music industry uh, and everything. I mean, uh, on Genius, it says that on this album, Eminem takes shots at those who have perceived his recent works negatively specifically revival which received polarizing reviews from critics and a mostly negative reaction from fans m offers also offers commentary on a multitude of rappers the state of modern hip-hop and his relationship with former friends and collaborators the album's title kamikaze alludes to eminem risking his entire career reputation and life with this album in the same fashion as a kamikaze pilot yeah, and he, I mean, and the artwork of it paid homage to the Beastie Boys licensed the ill album. That's yeah. really the only thing I know about it is the Beastie Boy like influence of it. Yeah, and yeah, Rick well, Rubin does a lot of work on this too, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, M goes off on a lot, man. The the first <laughs> that made me think of the song "The Ringer." Uh, it's the very first track you hear. Um, where he takes a shot at um, Charlemagne, um, where uh, where he said the BET cipher was weak. The thing isn't even orange. Oh my God, that's a reach. I thought, wait a minute. I thought the thing was orange. What the hell is he talking about? You know, actually, but then Rick go, Rubin didn't produce anything on this album. Oh, did he not? Oh wow, no, yeah, not according to the the credits. Huh? Yeah, he might not have. <laughs> All right, but uh, that'll do it for this album. We'll talk about Kamikaze when we get to Kamikaze, <laughs> which will be in a couple, of, which will be in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. That, again, a, a, an amazing album. I don't know. Um, uh, I do want to apologize for, to to the fans for this one coming out late. Uh, we had a scheduling conflict and had to record um, on Sunday. This is actually supposed to come out yesterday. Um, but we went ahead and gave you the 
2010 uh, XXL freshman class. So we might, we'll talk about this off air, we might go ahead and uh, record Kamikaze and just do back-to-back Revival Kamikaze uh, just to get us back on our regular scheduled programming. Right, absolutely. And then we got other uh, good things coming down the pipe from Radio. Uh, go back and check out the previous episodes. Uh, this past week, we also dropped um, uh, the Evening With podcast with These Ninjas. Um, we have uh, Roger's review of Uncharted. Uh, got a whole lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, we got a whole lot of cool things. We got some more content coming from YouTube for YouTube pretty soon. Uh, as soon as we get all the parameters and you know crossing the T's and dotting the I's and shit like that. Uh, but like we said, thank you guys for tuning into this. Anything you guys want to say before we pass out here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Anything for you, Raj? No. Um, you know, what Chip always says, you know, go to social media, everything like that. Um, share, please. You know, we, we've actually been doing a lot of good numbers here recently. That's all thanks to you guys. You know, let your friends listen to us, you know. There's got to be something they like about us something yeah you know. um the other thing that i, I do want to say real quick um is uh if you would uh on a- apple podcasts or on our website uh leave us a five-star review and give just like a blurb of why you gave that five-star review it really helps with the algorithm um it's it's a crazy but the algorithm algorithm looks at that and says oh okay we need to put this out to other people uh and and that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to reach more people absolutely reaching people that's the best the best thing for it um but thank you to all of our sponsors also shout out to sean thompson at thompson personal training jerry and jennifer at the chronic conversations podcast andrew and sean at the warrior workout network ivan montanez twitch.tv slash unleash demon and our buddy Sean Miller with Should I Watch That. Again, thank you guys. 20,000 downloads. We appreciate you guys. It's been going up. It's been going down. But at the end of the day, you know, you guys are listening. You guys are having fun. You guys are enjoying it. Uh, Roger has a new fan in our good buddy uh, Kevin Ages down in Houston. Uh, he says he's he says he thinks Hulk Hogan's a doucher as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I just speak truth. That's all it is. Just speaking yeah. the truth. There it is. Tell it how All it right. Is. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> but yes, ladies and gentlemen. And, and by the way, thank you so much, Kev, for that. Um, but yeah, we love you guys. We thank you guys. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you guys right back here for another edition of Rap Rewind. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan. Lizard man. <laughs>